in your Bible with to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. I want to lift up the Lord Jesus this morning, the Lord of all, our Lord, our whole thought pattern, our whole uh, he consumes everything that we're thinking about and doing. We're not having anything going on without him in our lives. Y'all say amen. We're, 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 we don't have something that we're going, I got to slip this in. The Lord really wouldn't like it, but I really want to do it. We don't have any more of that. What he has for us is more fun than anything you ever thought of. You, you just think, well, the Lord wouldn't let me do that. It's too fun. Wow, he's into fun. Y'all, he invented sex. <laughs> I can't say that, so hallelujah. Don't look at me like that, Matthew. Number 295 in my little book that I just got out says this. Today is the least day ever. Every moment of tomorrow will have today's increase in it and none of yesterday's limitations. Is that right? So now every single day forward is my best day of my whole life. So this is the least day. Look at your look at your bills, look at your 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 yard or look at your family or whatever and say this is the least day. It'll never be this or less ever again. Everything is better because I have, I will take hold of things today in wisdom, revelation, insight, and understanding that will pour into tomorrow. And I will learn from my mistakes and they will not go into tomorrow. Tomorrow is a better day. Today is the least day of the whole rest of my life. That's, that's just good. So I want to I want to minister to you again. I thought this was a one time, a one and done or a one and run. The exponential of your potential. Let's point to ourselves in first person. The exponential of my potential. An exponential. I think I got this right. Is when it something is is uh, squared. Is that right? Something squared. So so six squared is thirty six. 10 squared is 100. Y'all got that? We all know that, but let's just refresh in case it's been 80 years since you were in high school. And so the exponential means that God's not adding and he's not even multiplying. Wow, we're, we're in a realm right now that's more than multiplying. We're in the exponential where our lives are supernatural, like we talked about uh, being translated or miracles as we, as Charles Finney just walked down a train and, and people said, my God, you convict me, man. And they would get saved. They would confess their sins and get born again just as he walked down the train and people get healed and all the bars and all the brothels would close up and they'd, everybody in town would meet. That's the exponential. That's not like, y'all come, it'll be a good meeting. My sisters are going to sing, you'll really like it. It's the exponential. And then you're, there's your potential. We don't, we don't know what our potential is, but we all are interested in it. 
we're all very interested in our potential. Matter of fact, from when your parents first held you up and said, this is a good boy. This is a good girl. They were looking at your potential. You are a sack load of trouble the first year or six. Changing stuff and feeding stuff and getting you out of stuff and erasing colors off the wall, all that stuff. But the kingdom is based on potential. And I want y'all to get this. I want to carry something into 24. I, I, this message was just a, uh, I was just going to blip it because I'm really working on another message and I stopped it. I'm three end of this other message. The, uh, the I am essential, but I stopped it to do this and I just can't get out of it. The kingdom is based on potential, not on what is. Isn't that what faith does? Faith calls things that be not, that have potential. And it goes to the, it, faith describes, the word describes the edge, the end of your potential. It says you can't be this. You can't fly. The word never says you can fly. It never says you can stand to water eight minutes. So there's, there's a jurisdiction. There's a, there's a protocol to our lives. But this says what we can have. But it doesn't mean that's what we will have. It's potential. And you can you can attain. You can walk toward it. You can enlarge. You can increase your capacity to hold more of your potential. And you you have potential as a human being. And you have potential as a born again Christian. Then you have another potential of someone that knows who he is in Christ. And that potential is unmeasurable, except by the word. You don't know anything about your potential except what's in the word. No matter what your mama said, no matter what, if you went to Harvard and you went 18 years and they said, you're the smartest person we've ever graduated. You don't know anything about what you can do beyond this. This is it. If you don't know this, you don't know Jack. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you can do and you don't know where you can go. If you don't know this, you can't measure and you can read this. You can read this and say, by his stripes, I was healed. You can read this and say, my God supplies all of my needs. You can read that and say that and it just go right over. It could be head, all head, all ascent, all in here where we agree with fact, fact. Known facts. So the doctor will tell you, honey, you got this and it's going to cost you that and we're going to have to put you through this. Well, that's fact. That's fact. But that limits your potential. Would y'all say? Would y'all say going after a doctor's thing for a year or so? That limits your potential in him. God never said, I've got this. I've got this factored in. No, he never said I factored that in. He never he never he never factored in the people that are sitting under the bridge. And saying, well, this is my will. I'm so mad all the time. If I'm mad about anything, it's about the people that say God's in control. You know that. If I get off on that, I won't ever get back. So I, I won't. In Matthew 25, the Lord Jesus talked about this. And we talk about this all the time. This is, this is kind of where I live sometimes. But in Matthew 25, he tells this story. And it's down in verse uh, 14. It says, uh, and it's talking about the new birth. It's talking about the coming new birth. 
Nobody, nobody in his audience is born again. Is that right? Nobody was born again until he went to the cross and paid the price. Nobody was born again. So all these people are heathens. I'd say heathens. I mean, they're unsaved. They're unregenerate. So when, when Peter comes to the Lord Jesus and said, well, Lord, we're forgiven some people. And he said, well, you can do better. And he said, well, Lord, up to seven times. You want us to forgive up to seven times? You want us to, that's wild eyed, Lord. And he said, I, I say unto you, but 70 times seven. Well, he's talking about the new birth there. Because these are carnal men. These are natural men. They can't, they can't forgive anybody 70 times seven. But he's telling them about the new birth. This is who you are. This is who you're going to be. It's who you are, but you just hadn't transacted it. And he said in verse 14, the kingdom of heaven is as a man, is as a man. So, so all the examples of the Lord Jesus, when he uses a story or a parable, they all the elements of the story or the parable have to be true. He can't talk about a parable. Then he says, yeah, uh, a horse flew over there to that country and a, and a, and a pig stayed underwater eight minutes. I, everything, every element in the story has to be true, right? right? Yes. To tell the truth, everything in there. So verse 14, the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants, his own servants. They were his boys and delivered them unto them his goods. Well, how'd that go? And unto one he gave five talents. You look it up and what is a talent? It's just a hunk of money. Some people say it's this and that, $1,000, $10 million. I don't know where. It looks like from $1,000 from to $10 million, somebody isn't doing their archaeology or something. And he gave five talents to another, to another two, and to another one. And then he said how he did it. It's just like you would do if you were employing somebody. If you owned the Whataburger, if you owned the, the Simply 10, if you owned whatever you were running, that's how you would do it. You 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 hire someone and they say, I, I, I didn't even finish. I didn't finish high school. I can't do. I don't know anything. I don't know my numbers. And you wouldn't say, well, let me put you in, in accounting and see how it works out there. <laughs> no, you'd put them. You, you need to unbox the, the inventory and sweep the back room and we're going to pay you nine, ten dollars an hour. But when you walk by the accountant and say, I'm going to give you a raise today, I'm going to jack you up from $25 an hour to 30. You would do it according to what? He said, uh, to every man according to his several ability. That makes sense, doesn't it? That's not like, that's weird. No, that's, that's how we would do it. That's how you do your children. And, and then it says, and straightway took his journey. The word ability there, uh, means strength. So according to their strength or several strength, or it means according to their might, according to their power, according to their capacity. So the story, like I said, the elements are true. So the story that he's telling to get to a different truth, and that's where he's going is to a different truth. These elements along the way are true. And so when he says he gives to every man according to his ability, that's still true. Your stewardship, my stewardship, is according to my strength, my power, my ability, my capacity. Well, how? what's capacity? 
It's the part of my stewardship that I've developed. If I'm an oracle, if I could speak well, but I don't ever, I don't ever, I, I just keep sweeping the back room. Then I've, I've got a low capacity based on the stewardship I've been assigned. Are y'all here? So if your daddy gets you, starts you a business, you have capacity. If you had to scratch it out from the beginning and nobody, your, your parents died and nobody likes you and your uncle kicked you out, well then, then to get anything, you would have to measure your capacity based on what your potential was, what you could do. The contemporary version says he knew what each servant could do. Remember, God's, that's how God operates with us. Not according to the new birth, not according to something spiritual. But he stretches us out. The new century, that may be new century, the NCV, it says as much as he could handle. He gave to each one as much as he could handle. Oh, so how come some people are doing real well? It's our age, our education, our demographics, and they're doing real well. And, and uh, they go to church, we go to church, and we're not doing so well. It might be that the Lord was giving us as much as we could handle. Oh, I thought God was in control and he just parsed it out as he wanted to. No, he's smart. The Weymouth says according to his individual capacity. So what these men were given, they were all three men that had been under the same heading, the same training, the same potential, the same system of stewardship. They were all servants of the same man. And, and what he did is he ascertained and delegated according to the percentage of the stewardship they had mastered. According to the percentage of the stewardship that they had mastered. He gave them all 100%. He said, boys, you can go as far as you want, fast as you want. I suspect the Lord says that to us. You can go as fast and as far as you want to. Giddy up. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to go to church all the time. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to pray. I don't want to give. Well, oh, so you're dumb as a rock and the Lord made you that way? No, no. He gave us all the same potential. Our capacity as a born again child of God is the same. Go all the way and get there by tomorrow if you just have enough in you. And now we're not judging. We're not saying, well, look at you, you poor little thing. You must have, you must have sat out of a quarter or two of the game. No, we're not saying that. We're just saying all of us. Wake up, Michael, wake up. There was more in there to do. And you thought you thought that all you had to do was just volunteer to come to church. Did you know there's a lot of Christians that volunteer to go to church? It's like it's my choice. I measure my Sunday morning trip to church based on how good the bed feels. Don't you know the devil could make a bed feel so good? Nah, he doesn't have nothing to do with it. It feels good on its own. It feels so good. Keeps a lot of people out of church. Because ah, the Lord understands. I worked hard yesterday. No, the Lord doesn't understand. 
He put 100% in you, and that's up to you and me what we do with our capacity, our potential, our strength, our power, our ability. It's up to us. Well, I'm a woman, and it's different. Faith is the great equalizer. You, you think you're in a society, a culture that, that women don't get a fair shake? Well, then go to Jesus because he's fair. He's fair. The world's not fair. Y'all know the world's not fair. The world is not fair. You think you're black or Hispanic or Chinese or, or, uh, or Samoan or whatever you think that sets people back, that they're affronted by, like, we're not going to give you. Well, just go to Jesus. You, you, uh, you're not a, you have a personality that's very quiet and very shy. Well, I, I, I couldn't do that. Well, you have to go to Jesus. You have to get your personality ramped up because we're all given different personalities. But that does not measure our potential, our capacity, our, our power to win. You just go and say, Lord, I've got this, this mousy personality. I don't like to be with people. I don't like to interrupt. I don't like to talk. I don't like people talking to me. Giddy up. You've got to go in there and say, I'm bold as a lion. They tell me regularly, shut up, because <laughs> I'm just out there. I'm telling you, when I, I was that guy, not no mo. <laughs> and the front row said, amen, hallelujah. So it could be, it could be based on this, just, just speculating, that the Lord knows how much you can handle right now. And he's not sending you more. Money, opportunity, things that make the rich richer. He's not sending that because he knows how much you can handle. Oh, I thought he was in control and that he just, he just, this is just the way it was and the world was just the way it was. No, he's in control of everything that you speak back to him that he said. If you say, by his stripes, I was healed, God will get you in control. His word, he's in control of his word. And if you get in control of his word, he will get in control of his word. I mean, not he will, but he is. And you'll have, you'll get to the front of the pack. You'll win the race. You'll lap them every time. So what God, what this man was doing and what God does is, listen, listen, this is good. He measures your ownership. He measures your ownership. Well, I'm just a poor little thing that just, you know, I'm nothing. I'm a worm and uh, I don't expect nothing. We have friends. We have friends that are that way. Wouldn't want to bother God. I know he's busy. I mean, it's just trash talk. It's just trash. Can we just get real this morning? Can we just get out there? Then we'll, we'll put the tape up and bring it out next year or something out like that. But the Lord is measuring our level of ownership. How much of the kingdom do you own? I am a son of righteousness. And when you own that, when you own that, I'm just a little sinner saved by grace. Well, you don't own anything. Matter of fact, we'll hurt your feelings if we say, hey, sinner, 
You'll bluster up and pout and carry on. You don't believe it either. So how much do you own? Well, everything's volunteer. I just, I just do things. I just pray for people as I, as I feel led. That is not how it works. We don't feel led to go to work on Monday morning. We go to work. Well, I'm measuring how I feel. No, you're not. You're showing up. Because the owner will measure how he feels. And you can't show up on Tuesday. I told Deborah Ann, this was one of them giddy up messages. She said, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm scared. Uh. So if the Lord knows how much you can handle, the question, the chasm, the, the, the canyon here is, do you know how much you can handle family? Do you know, have you ascertained your position, your place, your location? Have you, have you ascertained what your capacity is? I have all sufficiency in all things and I do abound to every good work. He became poor that I through his poverty might be made rich. That's my capacity. Exceeding abundantly above all things is how far I can go in him. Oh. Above more than you can ask or think. Well, when I get out beyond that, I'm beyond God. But uh, he does more than you can ask or think. So you're not even out beyond him when you think and dream and speculate all you want. You're still in the realm of we can do that. I'm, I'm telling you about in 24, we have a big father. And he's got bigger plans than we ever thought. And it doesn't do any good to say, yeah, he's got big plans. You've got to find out what they are. What is your stewardship? What is your ownership quotient? What do you own? Are you responsible every day? Are you responsible for the kingdom every day? What you need to go to work, you should, if that's what you do. But all of us go to work. You can go to work in business and then just do Jesus all day long. But you're at work. And you draw a check at the end of the week. The boss doesn't even say, you didn't do jack for me, but you sure expanded the kingdom. But I won't pay you anyway. Well, no, we're, we're good. So uh, this capacity thing, how much can you handle? How much can you handle? Would we have to break each one of us into little groups and say these are the handlers and these are the handle knots? And there's something in between. Or would we all be lumped into Acts, the book of Acts? And said there was 3,000 saved that day. I'm lumping me in there. I am not, I'm not trash talking y'all. I'm in here. When we talk this way, we're talking back this way. You understand. But I'm not waiting for me to get everything lined up perfect before I bring the word. The word stands on its own. And I'm convicted by it just as much as anybody. But I can tell you it's truth. And truth sets you free. And we all want to be free. How free? As free as he is. So we marry with great expectation. Why would anybody sign up for that if it wasn't going to 
help and bless and increase their life. So there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a potential there. We marry that girl and say, there's potential here. I'm investing in this marriage because I believe my investment in you will pay me. I mean, let's get down to the gritty. We can say, I love you, and we do, and we can say, you know, this, that, and the other. But the truth is, it's an investment. And lots of people don't see the investment. They've been raised under uh, hellfire parents that fought and kicked and scrambled and, and five husbands or what. People sometimes don't want to get married because they don't see the potential. They go, no way. I can do that bad on my own. So we believe marriage is a pathway to a blessed life. Is that right? We, at one point or another, we, we, we believe that two is better than one. And that marrying is going to be a great cost and a great arrangement on my life. A, a great, I don't get to be the boss of me anymore. I have to check and run things by. I have to, we have to pull for the whole, the two, the, the yoke. We're all, both in the yoke. I can't just run off and, and show up with a new car or show up with a boat or show up with, you know, if she doesn't know about it, you're in trouble, son. I hope, I hope you've already learned that. So we, we are all in marriage. We all uh, look for marriage. Lots of people are looking for marriage. Why are they looking for marriage? Well, they have a good life. They have a good life. I know these men. I know these women. They have a good life. But they think they can have a better life. And it's based on potential. I can only go so far with just me. I can just go. There's a limit to it. And I want to do more for him. That's what we would say. I want to be more for him. I want to, I want to increase my, my leverage against my potential with him, I want to I max out my life. And I believe a wife or a husband can help me do that. It'll make me happy. And when I'm happy, I'm, I'm glad to go. I'm glad to do. Are, are we here? Yes. Yeah, amen. We have children with a great potential, an expectation. Why would you bring them little squirrel, squirmy things into the world if you didn't think this is going to get better? I mean, why are we not all with just one child? Because we raised that little snot box, that little diaper filler, that little drinks everything inside and marks on every wall. And, and uh, we read about a dog this morning off the subject, but... These two people were going to remodel. They went and got $4,000 out of the checking account, put it on the table, and the dog ate it. All four grand. Yeah. So you go, why would you have a pet? If you only had that story, why would you ever have a dog? But we have kids because we expect a potential to be realized. This is going to pay off. Sometimes it's not a good story. Sometimes you have three trying to get... A good one or whatever. Your good one, good one being based on the dream that you had, the potential that you had, how you expected this to turn out. 
And then you have right now, uh, I've been reading about uh, college graduates that, that cannot go for an interview. They don't, they don't know how to interview. All they know is Zoom. All they know is, is uh, how much money do I make? Uh, just terrible candidates. <laughs> yeah, when's my first day off? Terrible candidates, but that's, that's what they're facing. And then, then they, they hire them. They say, well, I got to hire you. And they, they don't know anything. It's, it's, but we all believe that having children is the right thing. Not, not everybody does, but all of us believe it's a positive thing. Why? Because we have the word. We have the promises that if I steer this according to the word, everything will turn out amazing. The problem or the challenge is, is that before we had this, we were steering a lot of children. And it went, it didn't go right. And now we're trying to fix it with this. And it's always tough to fix it. It's easy to, to, to lay the foundation, but to rebuild it after it's built. So uh, we have children. It's, 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 more, it's something that we want because it'll bless and increase our life. And so we, we spend time with them. We spend lots of money with them. We make promises. Sometimes it's because we think they'll bring us grandchildren, which is like as soon as y'all get out of the way and bring us some grandkids, we'll quit messing with you. We, we want them. But they all take a lot of work. They all take a lot of commitment. They all, they all take our children, grown children, take a lot of emotional time and energy. I'm not speaking to everybody here about, you know, but, but generally speaking in society, that's what it is. And so, uh, but these kids come unvetted. You, sometimes you can vet a husband or vet a wife. You can kind of study their background and look in their Facebook and see what's going on. But kids come unvetted. There they are. And all of a sudden, you don't know what you got. Personality-wise or, or whatever. But still, we go for it. We go for it. And we don't say, ah, we shouldn't. We say it's worth the chance. One thing about getting a job, our capacity at a business and a career and job is that we, we, can, we, we can vet it, but mostly the boss or the employer can vet us. It's called a resume. You might not give your resume to your betrothed. You might not get a resume from your firstborn or your secondborn, but when, they sh when you show up for a job, you have to bring a resume, and they're going to run it. They're going to see if, if you really did work for ABZ for 10 years and that you had a great record there. So it's based on your ability. You can only put on your resume what is your ability. And I'm telling you what I'm saying. I said all of that to say this is the kingdoms just like that, only better. And we understand life that way, but somehow when we come to the Lord, we go, oh, that's a mystery. We, we can never understand how the Lord works. Sure we can. Jesus said that he, he gave to them according to their several ability, their capacity, their potential. And that's what he's doing for us.
You go, well, how come I'm not getting more opportunities? Because he's a good employer. I mean, he's a good manager. He's a good boss. God, God does not, he does not send people that will mess up people into his people. He's, he sends people that will help his people, and so he finds them. I don't know how many, if any, that he looked at before he drew me to Alabama 28 years ago. I don't mess with that, but I can tell you it was a daunting or a challenging proposition. I had a good church, 14 years and three months, had a good church, had all my family there, which is depending on how you look at it, that's good or bad. But but they were all there, every one of them, every one of them. My middle brother lives 60 miles away. But other than that, everybody was 20 miles. And so it was a, it was a bird nest on the ground. And he said, I want you out of there. And what he told me was, I've never told this, but he said, I cannot, this is personal. He said, I cannot give you your promotion here. Here, I can't give you your promotion here. I got to get you out of here. There's no capacity to bring to you based on what you've done or what you're signed up for. Well, I've looked at that. I don't share that, but that's the way it is. He's, he's looking at your potential and he said, I've got to put you where I can reward you. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, and he wants, he wants your stuff to be rewarded. So he's going to put you somewhere where they're not wasting your time. Talking about the immaculate conception of the mother of Jesus. If you listen to that one time, you ought to be out of the, out the building. I've got to stay on track here because I'm not even through the first page. It's time to go. So what is your potential? How do you think? Because we looked at it, how, how a man thinks in his heart, that's how he is. So my whole endeavor here is not just to provoke you to love and good works, but that we all shift our thinking. So we think like him. Don't, I'm not asking you to think like me. I don't even say I think the best. But I know he does. So we got to change our thinking because we, we all have flawed thinking. Could I have a better amen? We all have flawed thinking because we've been through people with people. We've been raised up by people that had flawed thinking. And so we think like they do. And we, we, we project like they do. So we have to change our thinking. And that's the whole reason we come to church. The big end of it is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That is the job of the church. To equip the saints. To send us all out. Thinking the same thing, in the same mind, in the same judgment. So what could you do if you had a perfect run? What could you do if everything was lined out? You were paid off. You, symptoms were dealt with. Uh, the world has all sorts of record books. They have the fastest runner for the 880 and the, the most basketball goals made in a game. And, and uh, our own Will Record is the number one point producing NCAA Scott, uh, athlete of all time. Is that right? Did I tell that right? And so you go, how do you know that? Because somebody wrote it down. 
It's, it's in the record book. You have uh, military honors that says, well, this guy, he's got this many gold stars and purple hearts and everything. We, we all record things. And I wonder if we had a perfect run, our life right now, what would we be doing? How, how would we sing the accolades? If you're not happy with where you are and you think in your heart of hearts that no condemnation, but you think I should be further along. Then we should get further along. Not condemned, not judged, not not put under, not. But we're convicted. Oh, all this stuff I've been doing for 65 years has been for me. Or been for something. Oh, I just thought of what I was going to say about. Uh, uh, if you have elderly parents or siblings that you're going to have to take care of if they fall, if they if they fall sick or if they whatever. This, this is this is just a slice in the in the tea. You better get in faith about them. Or they will take your potential and they will crush it with the heel of their boot. They don't mean to. Baby, I, I don't like it. You being here having to feed me every day. I don't want you to be here having to take your life for six years. You better pray. You better pray for them like they were your child. And get them healed. That's in your sphere of jurisdiction. That's in your, that's in your job description. That's in your... You go, well, what am I supposed to do? I can't leave my mama. I can't leave my daddy. I can't leave whatever, whatever, whatever. This is, this is in this, but this isn't it. I'm telling you, we need to get in faith about them and start calling their life into order that they live a supernatural life, not based on what they do and have done, but based on what you've done and what you're supposed to do. That's a real good word this morning. Holy Ghost gave that to me. I've been asking him for years. What about this? What about this? We're on track to, to, to win the lost and all of a sudden mama, who's never believed anything about God, about anything, except I think I'm going to heaven. I hope so. And then, then they, okay, where am I? Okay, every bad decision. Do you know the common thread to every bad decision you've ever made? You were there. They all said amen. They didn't like it. They didn't want to, but they all said that's true. I was there for every bad decision that was made. No, my brother made me. No, none of us let anybody do anything. We wanted to do everything that we did. We have become the master negotiator about our potential. We have been able to talk God out. Not at all. We've been able to talk God out of his plans and saying, well, God, you know, I hope you understand. No, God doesn't understand. Well, the Lord understands why I'm doing this. No, he doesn't. Get in faith. Well, that'd be hard. Well, you should have started earlier because you're going to suffer if you don't get in faith. You're going to live under the curse of that's in the world to the same exact level and degree that you failed to get under the rule of faith. When you couldn't call things that be not as though they were, were when the storm's coming, the squall line's coming across Mississippi, your house is in danger. 
But when James stands up and said, this is a booger. You just step out the door. You just take sweet pea out the front door with you and say, in the name of Jesus, this stops now. And then you go in and watch the rest of wagon train or whatever you are on. You just go in and it's done. It's not like, oh, we're in a scratch scenario. We don't know what we're going to do. What if it doesn't work? We go in and we watch wagon train. So that's, that's where we all are. We're all the residue that's, that's left from a life of whatever we lived according to our stewardship. If you didn't take hold and you didn't read books of faith, you didn't read Charles Capps or Bob Yandian or, or Lester Summerall. You just said, ah, that's, that's nobody's making me do that. Why would I do that? Nobody's saying I should. Then you didn't. If you didn't. And you don't know what you could have known and you could have been ready for what came and you could have been on top of it and ahead of it and further down. He gave one talent. He gave five talents two talents and one talent. Why? Because they didn't. He gave them according to what they could handle. What can you handle, River Church? What can I handle? Is this all I can handle? No, no disparaging there. I'm not saying this is precious to me. But is this all I can handle? I hope not. I hope I'm larger and bigger and greater than than just this. I hope I can handle. And I can. And you can. You can handle. Listen, listen. We're going to quit with this. You can handle millions if you first have handled thousands. If you've never given a thousand dollars, don't even don't even put the M word up there. Don't even don't even insult the master's steward and say, I'm believing you for a million. When you know you've never wrote a check that had a one and three zeros. Never. We just never had it. That's not how it works. Well, God can do anything. Yes, he can. He can keep his word and he keeps it according to our stewardship. You have opportunity. You have potential. You have capacity based on what he gave you and what you did with it. Boy, that was a stem winder. I think we should skip page two. <laughs> ah. So the truth is, if I can go on two more minutes, the truth is, is our life, every one of us, good, bad, or indifferent, is based on us, what we believed. If we believed our experience or somebody else's experience, well, I had a brother-in-law that invested in that and he lost everything. Oh, I shouldn't invest in that. I, you know, if you believe you, your word and somebody else's word, you're basing, you're living your life according to experience. And every experience... Anybody that tells you how to live your life will always tell you to live it too small. You'll never get God's plan on that. So we buried our talent. Family, I'm here to tell you that all of us, from this side of the room to that side of the room, in some dimension, you'd have to agree with me, 
we, we got off and buried a little talent. We, we didn't mean to. We didn't know. We didn't. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And yeah, we did. We knew, but nobody noticed. Nobody called us out. We're a great called out people. If we think there's accountability and someone's going to come by and check, what'd you do with that? Oh, he's going to come by and ask me that. Well, I better do something. If, if that's what it takes, we've got the word. Well, God didn't ever tell me to do more. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. It's in the word. Do all you do hardly as unto the Lord and not unto men, for it's the Lord God you serve. Yeah, he did. He said, give. You ought to, I, I upped my giving this Sunday. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you as an example. I upped my giving because I want to increase my capacity. It's, it's not because the church needs it or because God needs it. God doesn't need it. But I'm increasing my capacity, my potential. I want to stretch it out there. I, I can't give $3,000 a service right now. That'd be like someone saying, I'm believing God for a million. That's never given a thousand. I'm not foolish, but I did stretch. I did move it out. I did, I did say, we could do more. I don't know how. Nothing's changed financially for me, but let's do it. Let's be bold. What does be bold mean if it doesn't mean getting out there on the edge? So we all want the by his stripes ye were healed. We all want the all sufficiency in all things and abounding to every good work. We all want that. But we have to enlarge our capacity to receive that. You can't handle what you haven't got ready to handle. And believing it in your head is not faith. Hearing by his stripes ye were healed of gazillion times is not faith. It's when you, having done all to stand, you just stand there for, based on the word. And what you're saying is, I've got it. And my new word is, it has to be, or it can't be. When something comes to me now, I'll teach on it later, but it's the word he gave me. I, I just say, it can't be. There's something definitive about that. There's something that has a line in it. There's something in there that's, that's not mushy and, and soft. It's like, it can't be. It can't be. You got, you got a symptom? Well, yeah, I got a symptom. It can't be. The boss says I have to work on Sunday. It can't be. If you don't come out the first Annette was telling me the other day, said you, you, she said, uh, as soon as a symptom hits, you gotta, you got to hit back. I appreciate that word. It was a good word. We all have to that. So it can't be. Say it with me. It can't be. There's just something that's just bullied up and iron steel plated or something about it can't be. I don't even like, and it's the scripture, and I don't understand that. I don't like that my God supplies all my need. It's, it's ethereal. It's, it's mushy. It's like, he's, well, what are your needs? Well, whatever comes along. That's like saying I'm asking for a million when I've never given a thousand. I, I like all sufficiency in all things. That puts it on me, my all things, that I abound every good work. It's, it's, there's enough for everything that I put my hand to. 
It's me. Instead of, well, God's just out there. It's just an unlimited daddy bank account. I've got the black visa with no credit limit and he pays it every month. That's not what it is. It's not magic. There's structure in the kingdom. We just thought, well, God, God's in control. We don't believe that. None of y'all do. But it leaks over. It seeps in in certain ways where we just say he's got that. We don't even we can't even go to Malachi and say. You have robbed God. How we rob God in tithes and offerings. That's Old Testament. That's Old Covenant. That's not us. That's the law. But we step right down there where we. And the, and the part about he he will rebuke the devourer. That's that's not us. We rebuke the devourer and we bring our tithe. It, it still moves. Faith moves heaven. And so we bring our tithe and he opens windows. He always has. He always will. The truth is, is they're always open to us. But nothing comes out until you. So if you have a million dollar, I, I have a million dollar bill on my, I gave one to y'all at the beginning of this last year. I, I have it because I've given multiple thousands of dollars. That's just me. And I, I don't, it doesn't matter. It's just don't be out there when you hadn't been here. Give a thousand and then say, I'm ready for the 500,000 or whatever. Does that make sense? Of course it does. It's the word. Well, gosh, I'm off this whole next week because I've got ne I've got next week's message in the can. I didn't get near finished. Isn't Jesus wonderful? I'm telling you this year is so filled with potential and capacity. And the truth is what I've said about we need to do better. The fact is, is we've we've done real well. Let's just tell the whole story. We've grown in leaps and bounds. One time, the first word of the Lord I got, the first prophetic word I got and I wasn't too happy about it. He said, the Lord's, he said, the Lord says he's going to stretch your faith in some seemingly painful ways. I went, ah, how, how bad could it be? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. But he knew I would be stretched. He could have come to anybody and said, this is what I want you to do. And they go, not, not on my watch, but I, you know, we said yes. And you've said yes. It's just marvelous. We're, we're in a pristine place right here, right now. Don't mess it up. Don't, don't, don't get your feelings hurt about anything. Don't, don't, don't get mad at anybody. Just, just move forward. And I'm telling you, he's a rewarder. This stuff, this stuff is amazing in 24. Well, let's stand up and sing. I'm sure tired of hearing me talk. <laughs>